This is Power Players with Dan Clark. This is a podcast interview with television celebrity host of Flipping Boston, Dave Seymour. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark, former athlete, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, and high-performance business coach, where each week I bring you an inspiring message from an extraordinary human being who will share their secrets on how you can tap into your personal power to become everything you were born to be. Thanks for spending some time with me today. In this episode, Dave Seymour, private equity fund manager, star of A&E television Flipping Boston, investor, instigator, industry disruptor, and one of the most recognizable experts in residential and commercial real estate investing, shares his life and climb to the top of his profession as the tell-it-like-it-is mentor and motivator in the real estate world, giving us an inside glimpse into his unabridged passion for teaching others the art of business transactions with a track record of unmatched success everywhere he reaches. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark. And I've said this a few times over the course of all my episodes, but today we have an opportunity to grow personally and professionally. And for all of you who are outside of the United States, it's always exciting where we can accelerate your career on an international scale when we have a guest such as Dave Seymour, not just a friend, not just a mentor, but someone who who grew up in London, England, came to the States, and, and, and curiously, which I will ask him in a moment, how he came from the world of being a firefighter, which is so extraordinary, ladies and gentlemen, think about it. While other people are running out of burning buildings, screaming and, and, and praying for their lives, first responders, firefighters, and police officers run back into the burning building, mm. understanding what I've learned being around the military for so many years. In the military, we give medals to those who are willing to sacrifice themselves so that others may live. And in business, we give bonuses to those who are willing to sacrifice them uh, others so that they may survive. We've got it bass-ackwards. So when you listen to the intro that you heard on Dave Seymour, the intriguing question to me is, how did he get this mindset of service before self, which is the essence and the bottom line definition, in my mind, of a real estate investor? where he looks at something not for what it is, but for what it has the power and potential to become, focused in on helping us individuals take advantage of his knowledge and wisdom and the marketplace, which is a field already to harvest. And how he went from firefighter paramedic into the world of television host of A&E's most popular program at the time called Flipping Boston. I don't want to take any more precious time from this man, but you'll hear a slight accent because it's from London, and he reminded me of my experience in college. My French teacher was from Boston. Can you imagine the brain damage I got every Tuesday in his class? Bonjour. Como ça va? Dave Seymour, welcome to Power Players. And we met long ago in Las Vegas. I had a chance to be in your audience, listen to you speak. 
feel your charisma, but more importantly, your genuine connection with everyone one-on-one or one-on-ten-thousand. I know you care about this, and your reputation obviously is an instigator, an investor, an industry disruptor. And like your reputation says, you're the tell-it-like-it-is guy. Uh, Welcome to the show, bro. Dan, I got to tell you something, my friend. First of all, thank you for finding the time to allow me to be with you. Because I I, I mean that genuinely. I don't mean that just for fluff and BS on a a podcast. Um, So number one, thank you for allowing me to spend a little time with you. I miss you. I didn't realize I miss you until I heard you again. (laughs) And then the other thing that I don't know if your listeners appreciate, what a master you are at what's called framing. Setting setting expectation, uh, opening up a few loops so that the listener, right? The listener has an expectation of receiving value from this phone, from this, this, I was going to say phone cards, right? From this podcast. <laughs> I forgot we got podcasts these days. It's not on the phone anymore. So, so first of all, an honor to be with you. Secondly, you've already set it up beautifully for us to deliver value. And watch this. And I know you resonate with this one, Dan Clark. If nothing else, you and I have a great conversation. You and I just have a great conversation Absolutely. because other people's opinions of me or you are none of our business, brother. How sweet it is to be free. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is the essence of real estate. You don't really work for anyone and you can't put a value on a property because the market owns your property. Mm-hmm. You don't, the bank doesn't. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it sets its own value based on the market. And I want to go right there. How, how early on in your life did you understand the significance of self-competition where you knew that you, you had to find your value in you, not competing mm. and comparing against others, just to find the value in you to pursue talents and intuition and love of life, love of industry. When did you, when, what's your earliest recollection of figuring out a- that self is not discovered, self is created, and you're the best at it that I've ever met? Yeah, brother, what a great freaking question. Look, Dan, I, um, as you said, I'm, I'm from London, actually grew up in the south of England in, in, in the countryside, if you will, an overspill town called Andover in Hampshire. And um, I am the absolute essence of blue collar, right? Personal development like that, that never entered any sentence anywhere in any community at any time, right? I grew up where my father's very best advice was work hard, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, do your solid eight hours. Uh, you know, if you're lucky after about 50 years, son, you'll have just enough money to retire and not die broke as a joke. Um, that was that was it. That was the game plan. So your question was, is at what point did I first realize that self-fulfillment was my responsibility? Nobody else's, Dan. It's my responsibility to be the best that I can be every day, right? Not looking for validation from the outside. I'm looking for validation from the inside. And I think for me, you know, I, I have a, I have, I'm a speaker, so my brain never works in a straight line, right? I have a 12-year-old son, um, Jefferson, who's going through that 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 puberty phase, and I'm like watching this this boy begin to manifest into a small man and hopefully grow up to be a fantastic man, and it's taken me back to some of my own insecurities, and I think about 
you know, I wanted to be the best soccer player I ever could. In England, it was football, right? Um, I'm a big clumsy galoop. But I worked hard, Dan. I wanted to, to be on the school team, and I made it. I wanted to be, you know, county championships, and we made it. First time I ever came to the States, I'm 15 years old, and I'm playing soccer for, like, the Southern England boys team. I was never going to be a professional, but I took myself to capacity through hard work, through showing up, through commitment, through listening to coaches. Today in business, we call them mentors. In sport, we call them coaches, right? Um, watching tape, watching other players. What was it that Darren Tuff did that was so good in the front line? Because I'm a defender. I want to make sure I'm able to compete against that, right? Always thinking uh, and growing. So I think that was absolutely uh, an incipient moment uh, for me to, to, to grow, to be the best I could be. And then at some point in my life, and I think it was my late teenage years, we go through that point of, oh my God, all I think about is me and nothing else, right? I've got zits. I'm trying to find the, the love of my life. I, what do I want to be when I grow up? And um, I found um, a talent which has served me well was to be, to be an entertainer. Um, I studied at a perfor performing arts college uh, in London, uh, full on Shakespeare, shit down the whole ballet oh and gosh. tap and all that stuff. Um, I just went to you in some fuchsia spandex saying to be or not to be. Sorry, <laughs> man, that was a bad visual. Keep talking. <laughs> Yea, verily, my Lord, I say unto thee thrice, twice. To um, be or what? But, <laughs> but here's, here's what it did, right? Again, I wanted to be the best I could be. You know, when we think about fast forward to, to the reality TV, and I know we'll, we'll go on that little journey together, but I had a foundation in discipline. Um, I'm, I'm a six foot three, 220 pound man. I don't look good in pantyhose. I'm never going to be a ballet dancer, right? My, my dad's teacher said to me, David, you should think more like the slinky fox and less like the beefy bison, right? Like she, she knew you can't put a round peg in a square hole there. I get it. But again, to your question, I tried. I put in the work. I put in the effort. I put in the, the discipline of learning my lines, manifesting characters that I was working on. I can recite Shakespeare to you today that I learned when I was 16 years old. And I can give it love. I can give it attention. I can give it color. I can give it, um, um, you know, the, 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 the guttural feeling of emotion. I can do all of those things. Um, and all of that has served me well in business today. So I don't know if I answered your question. No, you brother. did, but you brought, up, I did. No, you brought up two, two concepts, though, which are so significant to this conversation. You use the word capacity. How do you reach your capacity? How do you strive for your mm. capacity? And the reality truth comes to my mind. No one can exceed your potential. We just misjudge it. Mm. So when we hang around with the wrong people, and we've always heard we become the average of the five people we associate with the yeah. most. If we hang around with those who misjudge our potential, if you're a realtor, if you're a real estate investor, and you misjudge the potential of raw ground, misjudge the potential of having an opportunity to flip that house, it can bring disaster in your life. And let's turn that into the personal, the mm. personal development uh, point that you're making. Because what you also said about Shakespeare, you know, I'm an entertainer as well. And as a musician, as a songwriter, when, <clears throat> when we work with an artist, what makes, 
what the difference between a, a, an extraordinary perfor- professional performer or performing artist and a national karaoke champion singing the same notes and singing the same songs is making that song their own, taking ownership. Yes. And you're talking about you can whip off an, an, a, a, a Shakespearean play right now as well as you did before, but you didn't just say that. You said, I can still bring the love. I can still bring the passion, creativity, imagination. Mm-hmm. I can still bring the texture, which is a word that I think mm. we would both agree on. Mm. So let's just use that as a transforming conversation to take us deeper into your personal development where you've taken the economy and made that interest rate, made that made that opportunity your own, where you've mm. taken this this real estate world, mm. this 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 life we call life, and you've actually made it your own. So Dave Seymour reaches your potential. You create yourself into the person you were born to be. That's so good. <laughs> Man, the difference between amateur podcasting and amateur conversations and in-depth conversations. You, you, you're the you're the real deal. So look, it's um it's a journey, okay? Um, I'm sober 32 years, right? I, I had my last drink, right? I had my last drink at the age of 23 years old. Uh, not for any, not for any, um, with respect, not for any congratulations, but every time I drank, I got into trouble, right? Yes, um, I, it was always, it was always a good idea to have another drink. So there's a process to everything, right? One of my friends said to me, sobriety is not um, an event. It's a process. Personal development is not an event. It's a process. Uh, business acumen, skill sets, um, expansion, um, understanding there is no such thing as capacity because we can always be more, do more, get more, right? Um, is a process. It's not an event. So to, to give a, you know, a, some, some context, some, some texture to the, to the conversation, um, I bought my blue-collar uh, mindset from London, south of England, to America. All I knew, right, all I knew was how to trade time for money. Um, and I was very good at trading time for money. 10 W-2 is my first year in this country, right? I, I, I thought you had to like frame those, Dan, and put them on the wall like <laughs> certificates of accomplishment. My first wife explained to me, she said, it means that you're not a good employee. And that theme kind of carried through <laughs> a little bit in life. But, you know, I came here with that mindset. And then as I began to mature, I was 20 years old, Dan, when I came here. I was just a kid. And uh, as I matured into my early 20s, um, I began to realize something was I wasn't a good employee. I was discontented. I was not content. I was not at ease. Bob, Bob Proctor talks about dis-ease, right? Being dis, dis-ease. I'm not at ease. I'm not comfortable. And um, I, I figured out at some point or another that there was, there was something, something missing. And what was missing for me was is that ability to to expand. And being an employee, whether it was a firefighter, I worked construction on my days off, I worked retail security nights and weekends, 120 hours every week, I was trading time for money, um, and yet unfulfilled. And it was at that moment in time that I realized something had to change. It was around the 2007, late, uh, early 2008, and we all know what happened. Um, I, at that moment in my own personal journey, was married for the second time with a then small son. And um, my house was in pre-foreclosure. 
because I was a financial illiterate. I had not expanded my knowledge base. I was following somebody else's plan. Um, you know, that five people you hang around with the most. I hung out with five negative firefighters every day. Yeah, we love what we did when it was time to go to work, but we'd sit around complaining the rest of the time, right? Manifesting more of the same old negativity. And for me, I was, um, I was at that, that juncture in my life where I needed a, uh, a massive influx of, of faith, of something different. Otherwise, it was the closest I came to drinking then in, 20, in 32 years was at that period of my life. Anyway, and you're going to love this, man. You know, how, how, do, how do you progress? How do you change? I'm praying to my God. And we all have our own version of, of something bigger and better than us. Just don't believe you are God is what one guy said to me. one time. Yeah. And um, a commercial came on my radio. I, I'm, I'm destitute. I don't know what's up. And the commercial was teach me foreclosure, a free one and a half hour seminar coming into your neck of the woods. And it was, it was Russ Whitney, Dan. It was oh Russ gosh. Whitney came into, came into my truck ah, through the radio. And I'm like, I get it. I'm going. And that was, that was the beginning of that manifestation into, into real estate, into entrepreneurship, into a different way of thinking. And um, my, my now wife, Mary Beth, uh, who is the, uh, the rock that I, I get to stand on so I can, I can look cool. Um, we went to that seminar. And uh, at the end of that seminar was an opportunity to invest in ourselves. I'll never forget it, it was $27,000 money I didn't have. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> she looked at me and she said, what do you think? And I, and it was a moment of clarity, Dan. It was a moment of, of su- true, true honesty with oneself. And I looked at her and I had a lot of failure behind me. I'd always tried to do the right thing. And um, I said to her, Mary Beth, I said, I know that I can't keep doing what I've been doing because the results will be the same. I will have another failed marriage. I will have more financial insecurity. I'll have more financial challenges. And um, she was the first person, I'm gonna start crying, bro. She was the first person on this planet who gave me permission to be wealthy, who gave me permission to step into my greatness. And she said said something, which is the initials of which were engraved in in my wedding band. She said, go get them, killer. She said, I'm proud of you and I love you. She said, and I'll support you in whatever it is that you want to do. And uh, I say me, now in- Now you got me crying. Dude. That's so cool. I, 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 I turned around, I looked at her and I said, uh, and this is the, the humor side of me to deflect um, the, the, the magnitude of that moment. I looked at her and I said, I'm so glad you said that because my credit cards are maxed out. We've got to use yours. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she, she did that for me. And- I then went after commercial real estate investing with a vengeance. I went after it the same way I drilled and trained to be a paramedic and a firefighter. And, um, you know, the, the results speak for themselves. And I'm going to, I'm going to say something, I'm going to stop and and I want to listen to you, but I remember that class back then, there were probably damn without exaggeration, 300 people in that room remember when the events were that big right huge events there were 300 people in there and we know today that you know they probably signed up 15 20 percent so there's you know there's there's 60 right so let's say 60 people went in there and i'm like yeah we're all gonna conquer the world we're going into a foreclosure market massive opportunities 
And then that energy dissipated. And the people that I met in the event began to fade away and fade away and fade away. And I realized something that just because you spend money, just because you say you want something, your actions will always speak louder than your wallet and will speak louder than your verbal intentions. And to this day, in my office, it says on the wall, remove my fear with faith. Are my actions in line with my intentions? And if so, then act. And that has been a, uh, a mantra for me going forward and allowed me to do some pretty powerful things. So I love it. I, <clears throat> so let me I, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. No, you, uh, you inspire me to the next level. So we all know we could make a long list of people. Maybe some of us are on that list of, of, of individuals who have paid the big bucks, who've gone out yeah. on the ledge for 25, 27K. Yeah. And then you see them at another seminar. They never pull the trigger. Then you see them at another seminar and they never pull the yeah. trigger. Yeah. And so what you're saying is that your why has to be bigger than your why not. Mm. And uh, once, once we identify and clarify the why, then figuring out the how to becomes clear and simple. So let's make that leap. So you learn <clears throat> about commercial real estate. Yeah. And my younger brother is one of my heroes, five years younger. He's one of the more in successful investment bankers on the planet. And wow. after he got his MBA, he's working on the Chicago Board of Trade. And he started at the very bottom rung, the entry level position on the trading floor. You know, he's a runner. He's not trading, guys, mm -hmm. you know, stocks and bonds now. But he, he, he put on every position. He wore every hat in the stock market world in the investment banking world and eventually you know opened up and, and ran the UBS operation on the west coast and then jumped ship and he's just one of the more successful investment bankers on the planet one of the smartest guys you'll ever be around <clears throat> but he attributes his success to being able to start at the very beginning which is what you did you took a course mm. and then you had to figure it out and I would never contradict you at all, brother. I love and honor you and admire you so much. But what you said at the very beginning, I can't get out of my system the longer you talk and teach us. <laughs> you said that you didn't have a lot of personal development. That you are blue collar. You're the blue collar mm. poster boy. And then you rattled off everything your dad taught you. Mm. And ladies and gentlemen, go back and re-listen to this podcast. Take out a mm. pen and paper and you write down those one word qualities and attributes and encouragements that Dave's dad gave him living in the South of London. Mm. And I guarantee that is personal development 101 and everything else that you and I are about to this day yeah. are yeah. built upon the foundation of those principles that your dad basically said. And so using that conversation, let's just jump right into how do you you know, you're larger than life. I wish everybody could see you in person. You're not just 6'3", 220. But <laughs> no, you just, you fill the room. When you walk in, people stop and say, who is he? What does he do? Mm. So let's just jump right to flipping Boston. How do you, how do you take your, your knowledge, your experience, your success, your financial sex success? You've already taught us wealth flows through you, not to you. You can get anything in this life that you want if you're willing to help enough other people get what they want. My mentor Zig Ziglar's famous line. 
but how do you take your experience and then get into the world of television using your entertainment background, mm. knowing that you can make love to a camera, which is a unique talent in and of itself. You and I need to do a seminar just on that. Yeah, we should. And then, and then take us into the flipping Boston world because so many people want to know all about that as they've yeah. been fans of yours for so long. And you know what? Thank you for, for saying what you said about my father's commentary. Because I've, I've put that in a, I'm not going to leave that alone. I got to address that. I'm going to, I've put that in a, I don't want to use the word negative because it's not negative, but it is very um, um, programmed. It's a programmable line, right? And I've said it many, many times. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Do a solid eight hours work. Do the right thing. Step up and you'll be okay. Everything he said to me was true, powerful, and in line up until you're going to be okay. Because in my opinion, and it's just an opinion, that mantra, that, 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 that dictation that has been delivered from one generation to another, to another, to another, in my opinion, didn't necessarily serve me well throughout kind of like throughout history and what i mean by that is this is when you look up the seymour family tree there's going to be a point of bifurcation and that bifurcation happens at me and i i just for me i want him to look up and say what the hell happened over there well he took a different path he sure. chose not to be an employee but I did bring all of those powerful, truthful, solid values that my father gave me into business. And not everybody does, right? As we begin to get around millions and millions of dollars, it's amazing to see how people change. If you are an asshole and you're broke and then you get money, you're a bigger asshole. Exactly. Okay. I'm just, yes. we're just going to throw that out there. there. Exactly. So, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for, 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 for saying that. I appreciate it. Um, my dad is is a, a very um, powerful piece of, of my journey. So look, TV land. How do you take you know God given talents and 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 drive them to to success? Um, that seminar that I took put me on that on that trajectory where I ended up at tons of seminars. Just like to your point, right? Now I'm going to a short sale seminar. I'm going to a flipping seminar. I'm going to a commercial seminar. I'm going to a, right. And there was one guy in the business, and um, I won't mention his name, but I'm, I'm sure you know him. Um, he was on stage. I'm just a student in an audience, and um, he was selling uh, websites. You know, your buyer's website, your seller's website, your money website. And you know, back then you pay five grand for three websites. Today we know we can host them for a buck a piece. But anyway. <laughs> He was on stage and he was going through his hour and a half pitch and he was trying to be funny and he wasn't. I'm just going to go zero degrees. He wasn't funny. The guy's laughing at his own jokes before the punchline. His timing was horrific, but he was a firefighter in California who had transitioned into real estate. So I had the firefighter connection. So I go up to him afterwards. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm all excited. Hey, brother. I'm a firefighter. You're a firefighter. I bought your websites. I can't afford them, but I bought them anyway. Whoa. 
I said, by the way, and he goes, oh, thanks, man. I go, hey, buddy, tough crowd. He goes, what do you mean? I said, your comedy sucks. Right? <laughs> He's like, what? So now, like, I've learned how to level the playing field. I didn't do it intentionally <laughs> back then, but I've got his attention. And he's like, what do you mean? I, who are you? I go, I'm a firefighter. I go, but I also did some stand-up comedy back in London. I got a little theater behind me. I'm just saying, you know, maybe you could do this, this, and this. So then he says to me, you're my new comedy coach. I go, what? <laughs> he goes, you're my new comedy coach. He says, I'm going to pay you 1500 bucks, fly you down to Florida. I got a three-day training. I want you to take some notes. Now, listen, I'm earning $200 for an overtime in a firehouse, 200 bucks. And this guy says he's gonna give me $1,500 to tell him how to be just a little bit funny. I'm like, this has gotta be a job. I'm looking for the camera. I look at my wife and I go, this, this cloud just told me he's gonna give me 1,500 bucks and pay for me to fly down. And she's like, I don't know, he gave me his phone number. So now I like you, I'm on the other side. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just a student anymore. Now I've got some additional value, which is important. It's not always money in, in business, right? What value do you have? <clears throat> and next thing I know, I'm in these circles of guys and girls who are high level educators, real estate investors. Um, I, Gary Vanachuk is in like a little group. And then there's, um, Russell Brunson, uh, from, from, uh, Click, click funnels, whatever, yeah. click, click funnels. funnels. Yeah. Russell Brunson's in there. So I'm a part of this group. And, and now I, I, I'm hanging out with internet marketers, Matt Basak, the OG of putting butts in seats. And I'm like, what the hell? My influences have changed. Anyway, Brunson sends out an email to a few guys. He says, there's this uh, production company. This is 2010 out of New York. They're, no, they're uh, looking for new house flippers. He says, Dave, you're a funny bastard. You should apply. And I'm like, whatever. Like, you know, I'm, 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 what have I got to lose? Not that. What have I got to gain? I don't know. We'll see what happens. But here's what I knew. I get this, this online vanilla application, Dan. You know, name a company. How many houses do you flip? Describe the guys on your You know, fall asleep. I knew from being around these internet marketer guys, I had to separate myself from the pack. So I'm sitting there in my basement in my, my, my old house, and I'm like, hmm, looking for inspiration. I know what I'll do. I'll use profanity. That always <laughs> grabs the attention. So I loaded, I loaded this application, <laughs> loaded it with profanity. The first line was, name of your company. I put on there, go F yourself, LLC. <laughs> So I just go all the way through it. You know, I'm, I'm just peppering it with all the words my grandmother said I should never use. And that right at the bottom, it says, um, uh, any other comments or, or anything else you want to share with us? And I put on there, don't waste my effing time. Get on a plane, train, or automobile. Come to Boston. I'll show you how we get it done. When everybody else goes effing running out, we go effing running in. Don't call me. Get on a plane. Let's start filming tomorrow. Love, Dave. Right? And I hit send. <laughs> 15 minutes, Dan, the phone rings, my cell phone, 212 area code. I know it's New York. I know it's New York. I answer the phone. I go, hey, butt cheeks. I thought I told you not to call me. And I hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, please call. 
That's and, um, so funny. Yeah, they call back. They call back. He goes, you're a lunatic or a genius? I said, yes. And yes. Yes. <laughs> and um, he said, you know, send me a little video of you and your guys. And I, you know, I said, remember the um, the little, um, what were they called? The little phones. Before all of our, our iPhones had phone uh, videos on there. Oh, yeah. I had a little um, phone thing and I shoot this silly little video and I upload it and send it. And they came out. They came out to our property. Uh, I called my partner, the Greek. I said, hey, we might have a reality TV show. I pitched you as the money guy, the Greek <laughs> money guy. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, shut up and just show up. That's all you got to do. And he shows up and, uh, you know, we shot a little sizzle reel thing. And A&E, it's funny, A&E's comment to the production company was, that big English guy looks like he could get pretty angry. <laughs> I'd like to see more of that. <laughs> Flipping Boston was born, brother. Four episodes, great reviews. Four seasons later, 29 episodes. So, you know, it 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 elevates everything, uh, reality TV. Just like when we were on stages, right? We might be in front of 200 people or 2,000 or 20,000. The power of the microphone, the power of the attention. And, um, you know, it put me on the Today Show, put me on Squawk Box and CNBC like you, you know, people began to ask me questions that allowed me to, to share experiences. Yep. So, <clears throat> okay, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> let's wind down as we're winding down our time. So if I was going to introduce you and I didn't use flipping Boston or, you know, a venture capitalist that, you know, disrupt or whatever, I would introduce you as the ultimate networker who, who sees the yeah. value in relationships. Mm. So as we wind down, because we have so many entrepreneurs, so many people who want mm. to buy into the promise of my podcast that the interview with my guests, especially you, Dave Seymour, can mm. unleash their own personal power to become the best version of themselves mm. just by listening to your story and your inspiration because mm. they actually click off and say, I think I can do this too if I just do exactly what Dave mm. Seymour did, starting mm. with exactly how Dave Seymour thinks. Mm. So kind of consolidate a little formula, if you will, on what's the advice of networking, of taking advantage of opportunities, of putting yourself in a position where you can meet someone like you did mm -hmm. at this seminar. You leveled the playing field. You said your, your, your comedy sucks. You just used every networking tool on the planet yeah. subconsciously. Yeah. It's naturally, but I think you can yeah. teach that to others. Kind of consolidate a little formula for us as we yeah, wind up. Yeah, yeah, there is a formula, and it's called get in the way of something good. That's the formula. Wow. Get in the way of something good. If we think about our daily routines, the word is routine. Well, guess what? If you don't disrupt routines, if you don't reach out on LinkedIn to make new friends, bring value, don't pitch, bring value. If you don't um, begin to understand the power of social media, think about how we ended up here, you and I right now, Dan. Right. You came into one of those events as the keynote speaker, delivered the power, the experience, the skills, created that. And you and I looked at each other and went, I don't know when, I don't know where, but one day. And exactly. I, I believe, honestly, in my heart that you thought the same thing. Otherwise, exactly. think about how Teresa put us together. Exactly. Teresa put me with Jack Canfield. I sat I in Jack Canfield's living room because of Teresa. Absolutely. And, and then when she said she was with you, I'm like, ah, 
exactly. the universe is screaming and shouting again. You and I, Dan, Clark, are going to do some great things together. Yep. We're going to do them live. I don't know where. I don't know when. I'm throwing it out to the universe. Yes, that is my, my, my decisiveness. The universe responds to me and you. And if we say it's going to happen, the universe says, okay, let's make that happen. So for the listeners, if, if you are surrounded with negativity, if you are surrounded with, how you doing, Jordy? Ah, you know, another day, another dollar. <laughs> right? They ooze, they ooze the crap, then that's what you're going to get. So what is it that we can do? You said something. Look at me, dude. You've got me going. You said something succinct. Never been succinct in my life. Not going to start now. You said something about relationships and networking, the most valuable currency we have today, and COVID just poured gasoline on it, is relationships. And here's the beautiful thing, authentic relationships. I'm sick and tired of the fluff and the buff and the BS that's out there, right? Authenticity. When I speak, other people's opinions of me are none of my business, so I can live in authenticity. And what happens is, is human beings aspire to that. Got to get over the fears of it. I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I'm too black. I'm too white. I'm too rich. I'm too poor. I'm too, right? We'll negate ourselves from the game. Um, find the game that you want to play in and then play it with, with, with veracity, brother. All in. There's no half measures because they avail us nothing. And, so anyway, and that's get in, it. That's, and that's, get in front of something good and get in in front of someone good. Yes. Yeah. Get I love in front of something good. Make a mess and then learn how to monetize it afterwards. Okay, that's so magic. Ladies that's and gentlemen, I got. I, I've got to have Dave Seymour back maybe 17 or 18 times. No problem. Just, <laughs> yeah, we just get warmed up. Yeah, come on, baby. <laughs> But let's just take the time to encourage all of you to share this episode with everyone because as as I thought through my relationship with you Dave which was mm. it was if you if you quantify the number of minutes that we actually spent together I'm on stage you're on stage we're in the back of the ballroom laughing and yeah. sh- flipping each other some crap and deciding that yeah we are going to meet up again and do something huge mm. Because of what we talked about, and to your point, because we connected authentic, authentically, mm-hmm. we're back together again, and we'll continue this relationship. So anyone mm-hmm. within the sound of our voices just needs to understand that through the law of attraction, you know, we don't attract who we want, we attract who we are. We know that. But the number one chemical energy transference vibration that connects us to each other is not love. It's not service and all these things that we think they are it's authenticity mm-hmm. and you hit mm-hmm. the nail on the head tying a little bow around our dog and pony show today so from the bottom of my heart dave seymour thank you so much and where do we find you so we can follow you and then how are you going to go on air right now and publicly admit that you're going to help me get access to your 10 million followers <laughs> it just went up to 20 million i know exactly yeah that's funny Look, man, if you want to find me, you can find me. You just Google my name, Dave Seymour, S-E-Y-M-O-U-R. Uh, my investment company is Freedom Venture Investments. Uh, we're we're uh, building down in the Florida market. That's where we put all our capital to work. Um, look, man, this, this isn't going to be about me. This is about you. It really is. Um, 
what you've been able to do in your career from that moment in the back of the ballroom mm. to, to being where we are today, the impact that you've had on millions of people, whatever I can do to help you mm. impact more people, dude, that's what it's all about. That's authenticity, okay. right? That's yep. authenticity. Like you're I, a blessing. You're a blessing uh, you to this, this earth, man. And like God your reputation you. as a mentor motivator, tell it like it is. Dude from London with the Boston accent or a guy from Boston with the London accent. I'm still confused. <laughs> I love you. I honor you. I admire you. And I can't wait to have you back. My listeners will just uh, grow exponentially just by listening and re-listening to this episode. So thanks, Dave Seymour. This Appreciate is Dan it, Clark, Power Players. And you too can be a power player exactly like Dave Seymour if you just think like he thinks, do what he does, and believe how he believes. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.